This is the Command Your Brand podcast, where we talk to world changers, visionaries, and founders, people that are doing big things and changing this planet in a positive way. We're learning their stories, techniques, and exactly what you need to know so that you can do things in a big way. The time is now. Get ready to take command of your brand. Hey, what is up, everybody? Jeremy here. And guys, I'm very excited for the guest we have for us today because he has a voice that is made for podcasting, as I have learned by listening to his About Me episode on his own podcast. So I'm excited to have Mark Savant here with us today. We're going to be talking about personal branding, the importance of audio, and kind of you know where everything's going. Mark, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Yo, Jeremy, what's up? Glad to be here. <laughs> the man behind the mic. I've been watching you on LinkedIn for a while, so it's cool to get here a chance and match up. Yeah, our red it's funny together. for people watching the video here. Like, we didn't plan this, but like, it looks really funny on your eyes that we're both wearing red shirts. I feel like it would be a little better on the eyes if we were both wearing different colors. <laughs> yeah, if I had those computer screen glasses, oh yeah, it would yeah, just look like twins. absolutely. I have my blue light blocking glasses on here, so it makes it even weirder. Well, Mark, I want to dive a little bit into your story first because you know I know you're doing a lot in the podcast production space and helping people build a brand around their voice. But for you, how did you get into this whole world, man? Wow. So it started a few years ago. There were a couple turning points in my life. I think the big turning point was I was visiting my grandfather who's in his 90s, you know, older. And he pulled me to the side while my kids and my grandma and all them are playing, pulls me to the side and starts opening up this old notebook and starts flipping through all these newspaper clippings and photos and different knickknacks that he's accumulated over the years. And I had this kind of like eureka moment, right? I don't know if y'all have ever had that type of eureka moment before, but I had this eureka moment where I said, in 40, 50 years, I'm going to be doing the same thing with my kids and my grandkids. And what do I want my legacy to look like? Because my entire life, Jeremy, I'm not sure if you can empathize with this. I've been an employee working at retail, working different sales jobs, running an insurance office. I've always been an employee. And I just kind of recognized that the way that the world was going, I wanted to take control of my destiny and I wanted to start something. So that kind of took me on this, I guess, roller coaster of different types of business plans. And I like how you call it a roller coaster from... because I think most people are like, I'm going to open a business and it's going to go great. There's going to be expense accounts. It's going to be amazing. They don't tell you those first one right. to two years, you're going to have to figure out how to feed yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a business management degree from college. Yeah, right. Like what could go wrong? <laughs> right. I took a semester of accounting, like I'll be good. I know how to make a spreadsheet. So at any rate, I just started trying these different ideas and I eventually fell in love with podcasting. It opened up so many doors. I got to meet so many people, learn all these different ideas. And what was cool about podcasting, my first show was called The Awesome Dad Show because I'm a passionate father. I'm really passionate about parenting and fatherhood, father's rock. And it was funny to me, Jeremy, I'm not sure if you can empathize with this, but people were not paying me any money to teach them how to be a better father. They were paying me money to teach yeah. them how to podcast and teach them how to set up their website and that sort of thing. And so I said, we might have something here. And, and I just went all in. So let me ask you this then, because you know, you've know you went all in on the world of podcasting and I guess all that jazz is the way to put it. And I guess like looking at that, where do you see this future of media and audio and things like that going? And why is at a good place for people to spend their time. Why do people like you and me spend all of our time on this stuff? 
Oh, I mean, Gary V really highlights this. You know, he holds up his phone and he says, this is the TV and the TV is the radio. And I think, frankly, it's because our eyes are constantly glued. Our ears are constantly glued to these mobile phones that we have. And even if you do happen to watch TV, you're watching the news, you're watching a sporting event. Every time the commercials come on, what do you do? You pop open your phone and you start looking through your social media feed or maybe looking for the next YouTube video that you want to watch, save at your library. So reaching people digitally is, I think, the most important thing that we can be doing in 2022. It's absolutely vital, both personally and professionally. So let me ask you this, Mark, because I launched my first show, which was absolute garbage in 2014, before I launched the first of the shows that I'm doing now in 2015. And I found it was a lot easier to build audience at that point in time, right? Because I think there were like 250,000 podcasts out there at that point in time. Now, it seems like it's like logarithmic how quickly the shows are coming out now. It's like, I don't know if we're past the 3 million point, but I know we were damn close and we only went over 2 million last year. So it just seems like it's growing very quickly. How do you build an audience now? Because it seems like, especially for a lot of new podcasters and new people in this space, that seems to be the hardest part. You can create content, great. You can interview people, great. But how do you actually build an audience around it? So this is a really important point, right? The pandemic just kind of exploded this entire space of podcasting and YouTube because everyone's at home. They're twiddling their thumbs like, I'll start a podcast. There's an extremely low barrier to entry, right? Which is great. I think that's a beautiful thing. The problem is while the barrier to entry is low, the competition is high. Now you're competing against real production studios like uh, New York Times is producing shows. I will and say some of those big, really big houses like that, their podcasts aren't very good. I'll just say that. But do continue. They're repurposing content from other places, but do continue. That's a fair point. But I think what it means is that we need to be more conscientious about the quality of what we're putting out there. And I think that The base level of that, right, is your audio needs to sound good. You need to look good. You need to have a decent webcam. Like you need to have a 1080p webcam and and et cetera, et cetera. So that's level one. But I think level two, when I look at shows that are really creating a catalyst amongst their audience, they're creating these super fans, as Pat Flynn says, it's because they've created a narrative. They create a story that really drives the community. It drives people that are really interested in what you're doing because there's some sort of movement. It's more than just that kind of fluff that you might get from just I don't know, watching a quick television show or something, you know? It's building that community. And quite frankly, and I don't know if we want to get into this, as we move into what comes next, Web 3.0, blockchain, decentralization of platforms, that community that you're building now is everything. It's the lifeblood. I don't know how quickly Web 3.0 is going to get centralized. What I mean by this, I guess I'll well, just- no, I, I know where you're going with this. I know Adam Curry has built something recently, Podcasting 2.0, where it's a platform where basically you can give crypto to people that are listening and people can actually make money off of who is listening to their podcast. So it's changing the way audience building is going. So I can totally see where you're going with that. Right. So I guess, where do you see that whole, whole arena going? Well, I mean, I think, and I don't want to skirt around well, the no, original question. We'll definitely right, get back how, to how it. Can we actually Listeners, don't it? worry. We will return to that. Yeah. But this is an interesting thread. <laughs> yeah. So where I see things going is more innovation. And, you know, we don't actually know exactly where things are going. But one of the things that I find really fascinating is VR in meeting, right? When we think about virtual reality right now and the way that we meet with people, it's generally like with a Zoom meeting, right? Or using Riverside, like we're using now to record this high quality video and audio. But what comes next? 
right? I picked up a pair of virtual reality goggles. I'm kind of playing with some of the things you can do. I'm planning on bringing some people together to host some live events there, to do some actual podcast recordings. Just start playing with it. Start to figure out what's next. Because you can do some really fascinating stuff. I've been saying this a lot recently, but I remember when we got our first desktop computer in my home back in like the 90s, right? Uh, I had a 286 where the C prompt came up and you had to type in W-I-N to get into Windows. Right. Back in the day, man. Yeah, and you try to get online and you and you got to do this dial-up thing. Yeah, and then you get your emails. You've got mail because you only have one email inbox because you're only getting one email a day, right? But it's interesting, right? Because I think we've found other ways to connect, especially like since it's been harder to connect in person and things like that. You mentioned the virtual reality goggles. My brother-in-law has the Oculus or whatever the heck it is. And he had it out for yep. Christmas. And one of the things on it that's like really interesting is like this roller coaster. It makes your body yep. feel like it's so realistic. I actually vomited. And I'm not going to lie. I did throw up on the roller coaster that was <laughs> in my living room. And I'm kind of like, what the hell just happened? So it does give us the ability to connect and engage in different ways. But I think at the same time, is there hesitance for people to change the way we've connected, right? Because I think at the same time, there's people that are always interested in adopting these new ways. Well, there's always hesitancy too, right? I mean, how many people are like, nobody's ever going to buy anything on the internet. I don't need to sell things on the internet. Who's going to buy? People actually want to try on their pair of pants. For I have to, man. I've got the these. Door, as my wife can attest to as we get boxes coming over. Yeah. So anyway, if I don't try on pants, it's not going well. <laughs> but still, you can buy 10 pairs of pants. You could try them on, find the pair of the pants that works, right? So, I mean, the reality is that there's always going to be people that are skeptical, but I can tell you within five minutes of putting on the goggles, I was like, whoa, I feel like I'm in a much bigger space than I'm actually in. I could tell you some of the things that got weird as we got into some social interactions, but uh, things get weird in the middle. Well, I guess let's bring us back to audience building here, Mark, because I think it is interesting to talk about this (laughs) stuff and where it can go. And I do see, you know, like maybe there could be live events and things like that in the future. And that could really be a great realm for podcasting. Yeah. But I think at the same time, People are like, oh my gosh, Clubhouse is going to kill podcasting. I don't know about you. I'm not on Clubhouse anymore because I found it boring as hell and it was a waste of my time. So like at the same time, I think the things that we've been doing for a while are still going to be pretty successful. And I think podcasting still has some very long legs. So you're talking about building community. I want to kind of focus on that because I think that's interesting. And I think that is where a lot of people struggle is how do you build that community? Because I think sometimes as creators, at least this has been what I've done. I've tried to put too much of what's interesting to me in it rather than finding out what's interesting to other people to build that community around. So how do you focus on community building? Yeah. I mean, so one of the most obvious ways that you can build your community is get that feedback. So I really try to get on as many calls with as many of my listeners as possible. What do you like? What don't you like? And then after that, what I like to do is I'll give them a shout out at the end of my podcast, at the very end of my show. I'll say, hey, by the way, I just got on a call with Mike from over at this podcast. Great dude. Check him out. And then that really solidifies that relationship with that person, like they're interested. And it also comes to the second point that I think is important here, Jeremy, is like we're living in this age of short-term attention spans. Like if it's more than 15-second TikTok, like I'm out. I'm not interested. It's too long. But podcasting, people are listening and absorbing content for Mm -hmm. almost the entire time. So that ability to have that distraction-free ear of somebody – is really, really important. And after I get off calls with people and I give them a shout out at the end of the episode, almost always I'm getting a message a day or two after and they say, wow, thanks for the shout out. Proof is in the pudding, right? People are actually listening. They're hearing their name, right? But one of the mistakes I think, Jeremy, that people 
make when it comes to community building, and this is a mistake I think that I actually still make to an extent, is they try to be everything to yep. everyone everywhere. I, right? This literally just happened on so, a call I had with a prospect. They're talking about like, so our audience is everyone. And I'm like, okay, so if you really want a successful campaign here, like who do those people look like, right? And I think that's where people get scattered is if you are not focused, nobody's going to grab onto you. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's not always obvious. Your hypothesis are often wrong. That's why getting on calls with people, actually looking at the data and the information that you're getting from your podcast player is really important. That's why working with someone like yourself is really important because we can actually look at the data. I'll give you a perfect example. My first show, The Awesome Dad Show, what is it about? It's about dads. It's about celebrating fatherhood. It's about empowering dads to understand you're valuable. You play an important role in your kid's life, right? And believe it or not, 60% of my listeners are females. That's interesting. that That can really flip, right? I saw that. I'm like, this is bizarre. Women are listening to my show more than men. So it just goes to show you that listening and learning and looking at the data, looking at the information is really, I think, critical to understanding your audience so that you can give them. So let me ask you this then too, because I think this is something as podcasters we struggle with because data is really important, right? But I'm interested to find out where and how you pull your data from. For me, I've seen the Apple stats program. I believe it's still in beta. Frankly, I've seen that to not be very good. One of the big things I've looked at actually is the Google information about my site. Like I've looked at like a lot of those stats and things like that. And I found that's been pretty helpful. I've looked a little bit in Spotify, but still like I don't have a huge percentage of my audience that's on Spotify. Most of them are still on Apple podcasts. So for you, where are you pulling data from? Because it is like, it's hard to survey, man. As a podcaster, like you can put out a survey and you don't always get a ton of answers. So how do you get your data? Yeah, you make up a really good point, Jeremy. It's not always clear because a lot of these companies keep their data really close to the chest, which again is another reason why Web3 is really interesting because when the data is more public and out there, it's going to make it easier for us to find this. Facebook owns all of your data and so on and so forth. One of the platforms I really like is Chartable. I find Chartable can give a lot of really interesting and out-of-the-box data and statistics, especially if you pay for their up thing. Podcharts.co is one I like to use. The Apple Podcast Analytic tool is okay. I think that they're going to be mm-hmm. fleshing that out more. And even your podcast player itself, like Buzzsprout or even Anchor, gives some pretty good data as far as your demographics. That's cool because I've used Libsyn for years, years and years and years. And the thing I don't get is demographics. Like you get country. Yeah. That's what you get. You get country. You don't get age. You don't get demo. <laughs> you don't get sex. You don't get interest, things like that. Like those things as a creator would be really helpful, right? Because it helps you realize, okay, so because right now you go off of, okay, that episode got a lot of listens. Let me go do what we did there, right? But when you have more data, you can say, okay, well, that episode got a lot of listens because we'll look at the type of people that listen to it and look what they're interested in. So I think also it helps you to create better content. Yeah, 100%. But you're right. I mean, the data with podcasting needs to be a lot better. One of the things that I'm really passionate about is YouTube. I don't know if you're a podcast purist and YouTube- I got on YouTube in the last year. So we're finally- starting to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And to me, it's just the low hanging fruit. I mean, like, to be honest, and again, this is anecdotal, but I listen to almost all of my podcasts on YouTube. I'll find the YouTube video and I'll just listen to it. I'll put my phone down and I'll listen to it. When Joe Rogan switched over to Spotify, I don't really listen to Rogan much at all. Because what I would do is I would see a thumbnail with some sort of spicy title and I would click it and I'm in, you know? So I think that YouTube's another place that in YouTube, when it comes to data and analytics, YouTube is like 
oh, it gives you so much information. So again, especially when I work with clients, figuring out these key KPIs and demographics, it's tough. It's not something you typically find overnight. It's pulling data from multiple places and trying to get a mixture of that different those different pieces of data together. So I guess then we look at building audience, we look at getting that out there. Let me ask you this, because I think one of the things that a lot of us see, right? Like, is your content's going to change over time? How do you look at that, right? How do you look at content shifts and kind of deciding show direction over time? Because it can change, but I think a lot of people tend to like put it on a pedestal. You know, I don't really want to like change it because this is what it is. And so how do you approach that? So there's different ways. I mean, one thing I think that we shall recognize, and thank you for listening to my About <laughs> Me episode, because it's a little out of date. I recorded it 200 episodes ago, or 190 episodes ago. So I'm actually got to go back there and I got to re-record it, which is something you can do. You can always re-record episodes. So I definitely recommend you know, having your About the Show episode, number one, About Me episode, number two. You can always switch that out, right? You can always swap it out, which is another cool thing about podcasting. You can't do with that with YouTube, but I digress. I think it's tough. And I don't think there's one right way to do it, Jeremy. You might disagree, but I feel like it's a living, breathing thing, your podcast. It's always evolving. You know What you think you're doing at one point is you learn more about your audience as you get off more calls, you switch it up. So one of the ways that I'm starting to introduce all of my episodes is, what's up, action takers? Welcome back, action takers. Because that's who I really want to speak to. I want to speak to the action takers who are taking that after hours time, and they're just putting in a little bit of extra time every day to grow their side hustle, to grow their business. And that's who I want to talk to. I don't want to talk to the people that are just passively listening on their way to work. They shut it down and they're like, oh, I'll I'll do that in six (laughs) months or something. I want to talk to people so that you can listen to a show. You can walk away with like two things that you can do. That's it. And so you can always change up your intros. And I don't think that you necessarily, I'm not planning on doing this, by the way. I'm not planning on going back to all 190 episodes and re-uploading and re-recording all my intros. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessary. You know, but what I would probably say to someone who's thinking about making that adjustment or that change, A, you want to try not to leave people behind. You know, if people started following you for one thing, you don't want to completely switch it on them, but just have an announcement episode. Hey, this is the new, this is where we're going. This is because I'm listening to you. I'm listening to the data. I'm listening to me and what's happening in the market. We're going to make a shift. And then you can kind of- And it's interesting too, because I haven't been as much recently, but I've been a Bulletproof Radio listener for years. And now the name's even different again. But if you go back and look at, at some of the old episodes, I think Dave's had like five different titles for that show. Like it was called The Optimal Human. And it was like- So I think sometimes, though, we can get so stuck on, well, this is what my brand is. And, you know, brands can grow and change. And I think we have to be okay with that if that's what the audience is looking for. I mean, they have to change. I mean, have you seen the old Kia logo versus the new Kia logo? I mean, the new Kia logo looks I remember when people used to not buy Kias because they thought they were junk and now they're like good cars. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. They look sick because they've rebranded. Facebook recently rebranded to Meta. You actually have to rebrand. but. Yeah, it's totally vital. And I think you brought up a really good point that you know, you're speaking to a client who they don't know who they're actually speaking to. So when you can actually collaborate with an agency that understands the market, they understand messaging, they understand how to do keyword search, they understand how to look at competition for certain keywords, well, then you can start to really frame or even something as simple as colors. Like we're both wearing our red shirts because red is more of an authoritative color and it's a more of a salesy color, right? If you're wearing blue, that's more calm and relaxed, right? So it's just kind of understanding some of these key marketing and human psychology aspects that can really help someone evolve 
a show to the next level. If your show is stale, there's probably a few things that you can switch that can make a big change. Absolutely. Well, Mark, you're actually helping people to put together their own shows and really get out there and take best advantage of this. So for people listening, you know, if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out about starting their own show, how would they do that, man? Yes. You can connect with me at marksavantmedia.com. That's just my name, marksavantmedia.com. You can find me all over the web at marksavantmedia. I'm all over the place. You can listen to my podcast, The After Hours Entrepreneur. However, one of the things you don't want to do is give too many calls to action. So if you want to find me, marksavantmedia.com. I'll see you there. Well, Mark, I do think you should start a podcast called Mark Savant, the Media Savant. I think it would be a great title for a podcast. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for being on today. (laughs) Bro, I'll tell you, yeah, someone out there has stolen my name, Savant Media. So whoever you are, I want it back. Give it to me. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on today, Mark. Thanks, Jeremy. 